Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. Oh, oh, that's cute. That ain't for me. Come on, let's give it up for the most high God that deserves all of our praise. God is so good. Come on, we got to cheer for the right things in this world. Amen? We cheer for a lot of things, but God deserves all of our praise. Do I have some faithful believers in this place? Come on, I'm lingering. We can't get tired of giving God the praise that he deserves. Come on, I will never get tired of praising God, amen? Do I got some people in here that will never get tired of giving God the praise, amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We gonna pray, Father God, I thank you, Lord. For you are so good and worthy to be praised, Lord. Everything that you have taken us through, Lord Jesus. God, as crazy as it have been, ha- may have been, Lord, as painful as it may have been, Lord, maybe we're in it right now, God. God, I know that you have not left us. You never have, you never will, Lord Jesus. We say thank you, Lord, for walking through everything with us, Lord, and teaching us what we need to learn, Lord, so that we will be mature and more faithful believers. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this word, Lord. I thank you for what it's going to do to the hearts and the minds of your people, God. Lord, I pray that this word will not return void, God. People are in here, Lord Jesus. They came today because they knew that you were ready to speak to their hearts, Lord. So speak to them, God. Change their minds, Lord, about whatever it is that's going on in their lives, Lord. And I pray that not a single person in this place will leave here the same way that they came in. God, we thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, let all of God's people say one more time, amen. 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 Why don't you give a few people a high five as you sit down. And y'all stay with me as I read this word. I'm going to go right into it. I got any note takers in this place? pull out them notes. It's going to be a lot to write today. If you're following on the app, go ahead and start opening that up. I want you to turn to Genesis 13 verse 5. I'm going to go right into it. And it says, now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at this time. So Abram said to Lot, let's not have any more quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. 
Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zor was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are, to the north and south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust then they would be, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the trees of Marm and Hebron where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for this word, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you're taking notes today, or if you're following along, you'll see that today we're going to talk about how losing is winning. Amen? Y'all ready for a word? Come on, y'all. I'm going to need y'all to talk to me. I'm like big sis. I'm from Brooklyn. We like, we speak with our hands. We like it when people are, are, are feeling us, right? So I'm going to need y'all to feel your girl up here, okay? Because I like to talk. I like to converse. I like to connect with people. Amen? Come on, let's do this. So lately, we've been talking a lot about winning. I'm going to be like Keith Craft real quick because I just feel like, I feel like I'm so far away. And I'm going to need y'all to really hear this because God has a specific word for y'all. Amen. But I ain't going to go all the way to the edge because I'm clumsy. I'll fall off this stage real quick. So we're going to stay right here. All right. So lately, we've been talking a lot about winning here at Cool Church. I mean, it was, what, how to win when you're losing. How, it was about all I do is win. Come on, Pastor T, all I do is win. So we've been talking a lot about winning here at Cool Church, and that's great, right? Any winners in this place? Come on, everybody should be here. Everybody should be raising their hand. And so, but I want to talk to you about winning through the lens of losing. Amen? So we just read a passage featuring Abram and Lot, and, and if you don't know, Lot is Abram's nephew, okay? This story shows us why what, we, what may seem like a loss is actually a win and, and vice versa, right? In the previous chapter, um, if you read it, God is promising, he has already promised Abram that he's gonna bless him and he's just gonna give him everything because it is through Abram that God is gonna build the nation of Israel, amen? So Abram and Lot, 
they have so much wealth. God has blessed them. And the Bible says that eventually they could not live together because they just had so much resource. And what happens is, is that their herders and the people around them, the people, they, their camp, each of their respective camps started to argue and compete, right? That spirit of competition will get you all the time. It started to create a spirit of division, right? They started to compete. Oh, I don't know what exactly they were uh, arguing about, but I could imagine like, oh, I'm trying to flex here and this one's trying to flex and they're just arguing back and forth about whatever they were arguing about, right? And so the Canaanites and the Perizzites, those are outsiders. They were watching all of this go on because they occupied the same land that they did. And so they were watching. And, um, and the Bible says that now the Canaanite and the Perizzites were dwelling with them in the land. In other words, the outsiders were close and could see what was going on. And the first thing I want you to lean into is that we cannot let our challenges, we cannot let our losses become a platform for God to look bad. We are representatives of the kingdom wherever we go. And whether we realize it or not, people are watching. People are watching to see how God's people are behaving, amen? As believers, they're watching us when we don't even know they are. And, and, and as believers, the greatest way that we can highlight God's goodness and God's uh, presence in our life is not by showcasing all the physical, the material blessing that we have in, in our lives, but how we conduct ourselves in times of trouble, amen? amen? So we got to make God look good. Don't make him look bad by quarreling and arguing amongst yourselves. See, Abram realizes this and then offers a solution for peace. He says winners, because winners make peace, even if it means taking the L. Amen? But it's not really a loss because making peace makes you a peacemaker, right? And what does the Bible say about that? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So being a peacemaker is never an L. So he says, Abram, he says, we don't have to fight because there's enough land for the both of us to go our separate ways. See, Abram gives Lot first dibs of the land. He says, you know what? If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. We, we, we don't have to be fighting. There's enough for the both of us. Genesis 13, he says, Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan near Zor was well watered. Everybody say well watered. I want you to underline this part. If you're taking notes, it says, well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. That's something else you might want to underline. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and sinning greatly against the Lord. See, Lot could have chosen to, you know, just make things right and just be like, all right, we're going to make this, we're, we're, we're going to work together. We don't have to separate, you know, and he could have taken a cue from his uncle that offered him the first dibs on the land and he could have been like, nah, unc, you know what, you choose, you choose, right? He could have done that, but he didn't. 
Instead, he looks over all of the land and he's like, you know, trying to figure out what part he wants and then he looks and he sees, ooh, that part is like really, really beautiful. It's well watered, meaning it was lush. It was attractive. It probably had a lot of fruits and just looked so good. See, I love this right here. Notice how the Bible describes the land. He says, like the garden of the Lord. See, that is a reference to the garden of Eden. And then the Bible also describes the land as like the land of Egypt. And here's what the Holy Spirit just dropped in my spirit. See, Eden represents temptation, for Eden is where man was first tempted. Amen? Amen. And Egypt represents where the Jews were enslaved, so it represents bondage. Amen? Amen. So here's what the Holy Spirit dropped. He said, too many of us have allowed ourselves to be shackled to the world and the temptations of this world, but we can't be tempted by what we see. See, sin may look really attractive at first. Come on. It lures you in with its surface level beauty, right? It looks so good. It feels so good. It appeals to your flesh. It makes you think it's harmless until it reveals its true self. Amen? And then it devours all who fall prey to its deception. That's what sin does. What looked like a win became a loss for Lot. And as he and his family were tormented, because listen, he's in this place, this place that was so beautiful, and what he finds out is that because it's so near to Sodom, Sodom was a place with so many wicked people, right? And he's in this place, and every day, day after day, he's tormented by the schemes of these people. The pervert, the crazy, unthinkable. You guys should go back and read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and this story in particular, because the things that these people thought up, the wicked things that they came up in their minds were unthinkable. And they were pretty much assaulting Lot and his family every day with all of these perverted thoughts and things and actions. And Lot's story teaches us never to compromise. Never to compromise or conform to the world. You'll never win when you choose the things of this world over the things of God. Amen? If you look at Lot's and Abram's story on the surface, it would look like Abram lost the prize. He gets left with the unattractive piece of land when it was him who had the great intention. It was him who was mature. It was him who tried to make peace. And he ends up with the short end of the stick, or so we think, amen? But we'll learn that a loss is still a win when you have the right perspective. Have you ever been surprised that you won because you just knew you lost. Whatever the situation, it was like, nah, ain't no way. Ain't no way. So, for those of y'all that don't know, Pastor T and I, we, aside from leading this amazing community, this amazing church, we're also business owners. We own a design and fashion business, and most of y'all knew that. For those that don't, surprise. And... (laughs) And um, as a part of our funding strategy, a lot of times we will apply for grants and pitch competitions and that sort of thing, right? Grants, free money, why not? 
And so, you know, I applied for this grant and, um, and, I've, and I applied for this grant before and lost twice already. And so, you know, I didn't let that stop me. It, it was terrible, all that. But you know what? The grant came over again. I said, let me apply again. And so I go ahead and I apply. And guess what? This time I get a notice that says, we are finalists, right? But when I read that, I saw, I, I read like, we won, I'll stop, we won. You know, I was so hyped. <laughs> and then come to find out, being a finalist meant that you, there was still one more step, that we had to go through a interview process and all that. So the day comes, I get notice of when this interview's gonna be, and it's on Zoom. And there's not much information about like what to expect. So I really, I'm still thinking, mind you, I'm still thinking that we won. So I'm like, this Zoom is gonna be like, so they could be like, yeah, girl, you did that. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like the celebration ceremony on Zoom, right? <laughs> so I check into the Zoom and there's like a whole bunch of other people there, all the other finalists. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> And all of these super polished women are over here just articulating and, you know, they're getting uh, questions answered to them and they're answering with so much poise and polish. And I'm like, did I miss? I'm looking through emails. Did, like, did they send these, these, these questions and I missed the email? Like, what's going on? So, of course, you know, I'm sitting there and they're like, everybody on mute. Everybody on mute. So unless it's your turn, you need to be on mute. So I'm like, all right, let me be on mute. And finally, of course, it, I'm on mute this whole time. I'm watching these women. They're killing it, crushing it. They're polished. They're amazing. And then it's time for me. They say, Joanne Wilson. And so I start to unmute. And literally, as I'm pressing the unmute button, all hell breaks loose in my house. I'm like, really? Really? My dog starts hacking. See, y'all, it's not funny, but my dog has congestive heart failure. It's not funny, Terrence. <laughs> so my dog walks around all day, <laughs> sounding like she smokes 17 packs of cigarettes a day. <sighs> ah, literally. But she wants to do it, like, right in front of me all the time. I'm like, I mean, can you do it over there? So I'm unmute. Here goes, ah, here goes Coco, ah. Ah, and then I see a bug and I'm like, Baba, get the bug. Like literally all hell breaks loose. Nothing was going like, they, everybody was quiet. There was nothing, not a peep when I was on mute and now I gotta go on mute and everything goes nuts. And Baba's like, no, I'm scared of bugs. So she's panicking, Coco's hacking and I'm sitting there trying to act like everything's all good. Meanwhile, I'm like this, cause you know the screens here, I'm like, you know. And the judges and everybody can see and hear everything, right? So I'm like, okay, they start asking me these questions and I try to answer the best I could, but I knew I was a hot mess. Like, I can't even formulate a clear sentence. It was, it was crazy. And so I was like, I said this, like, I'll never forget. I was like, I, we finished the thing, end call, all of that. And I was like, if I win this thing, it's going to be all God for sure. Because that was a hot mess. Ain't no way. Now, y'all already know. I opened up my email the next week. And what happened? Congratulations, Joanne Wilson. You won the grant. Hey, 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 hey. Come on, y'all. Let's go. See, what I understand is that, see, the enemy will try to 
distract you when you're winning. He's going to try to take you away from the, from the win that you're already going to win. He's going to try all kind of petty schemes and all kind of tactics. But God, God will always have you. Amen? See, you may not be as polished and prepared as other people in this world, but all you need is God on your side and you always gonna win, amen? It may sound like you're losing, but you're actually winning. See, they had it all together in the world standards, but I went into that interview together with God, and that gave me atomic favor. See, I'm talking all this junk now, right? But I was shook in the moment, but then, right? Even when we think we're losing, we always win. If I got some people in this place that believe that, come on, say amen. So let's get back to this text real quick. Verse 14, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, he said, look around from where you are. Highlight that, underline it, circle it. Make that your, your, your reminder for the rest of your life. Look around from where you are to the north, to the south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. See, I want you to picture this with me. I can imagine Abram, you know, he's going from this exchange between him and Lot. He says, you go ahead, you pick first. Lot's like, okay, I'm about to take this. And then, you know, Lot probably, I mean, Abram probably feels like, oh man, I got the I got the short end of the stick. I thought Lot was going to do the right thing. Can't stand my nephew. And all of that. So he's probably like, you know, sulking and, 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 and you know, head down and just feeling down and disappointed as Lot is just skipping away to paradise. Like, yeah, son, I won right? So imagine that situation. And then God says, look around from where you are. Oh my gosh. Let me give you part two before I really go into that. So of course we win the grant, right? Amazing, amazing, amazing. And we're over on, we're out on vacation. This was during our sabbatical, y'all. This just happened. So we're out on sabbatical, and um, and then we're on vacation. Amazing vacation. We're it's it's amazing. And then a few days later, I get a message while I'm on vacation that says, "I hate to, or I regret to inform you, but we have to rescind the award." What does that mean, y'all? Google it, y'all. Google it, right? <laughs> Because I read that and I was like, well, I know what that means. I had to go to Google just to be sure, right? <laughs> In other words, we lost the grant. <laughs> y'all ain't, y'all, yeah, right? We just celebrated, right? We was, we was here. We were like, God is so good, right? We just celebrated. I'm on this vacation, like having a time of my life. And then, and then of course, it's like this happens and it just ruined the whole mood. Like my whole mood changed, it was terrible. It ruined the vacation. And I didn't even tell Terrence cause I was like, I, ain't, I wasn't trying to ruin his mood. And honestly, I was just so shocked and in disbelief that I was like, I can't even formulate the words, right? Like it just, I was in shock. I was like, how? How is this that this is happening? And I, and I started to like pray and talk to God. I was like, how, oh, God? Like, you gonna take it away from me? Like, what? Have you ever been there before? You get something, you get a win, and then it, it's, right? 
I was like, how, God? I thought this was you. I mean, this was all to glorify you. I said, praise God. Come on now. I made it about you. You got glorified. Like, what's going on? Right? And so the Holy Spirit hit me so hard as I was thinking about this story. And he said, when it seems like your winds are being reversed, don't start blaming God. Don't blame God for the enemy's schemes. Sometimes we blame God for something he ain't even do. We think it's all him. See, the enemy might mess with you, right? And remember, I told you from the beginning, the enemy was messing with me from the beginning of this whole scenario. When I thought I won, found that I didn't win. He was just messing with me from the beginning, from the, from the first email that I received. And you know that the devil is so petty. That's what he does. And his whole point is always to kill, steal, and destroy because that's just what a loser does, right? And see, God allows certain things sometimes for a time because he's trying to call us to greater and higher places, amen? But it ain't, it ain't God that, that, that initiated this foolishness, amen? Stop blaming God for the enemy's foolishness. So finally, I told Terrence, oh, we lost the grant. And almost immediately, he's like, so? If it's for you, it's for you. Look, at, look around. Look at where we at. We in paradise. It seems like we winning to me. Amen? See, you have, may have gotten a bad health report in this place, but look around because you are blessed. Come on. You may have lost your home. Look around. You are blessed. Come on. You may have had or lost a relationship in this place. It don't feel good, but if you will look around, you will realize that you are blessed. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing gonna take away your blessing when you have it, when you look at it with the right perspective. Amen? That's why it's so important to get some good people around you that will remind you to look around and remind you that you are blessed. That's the difference between the people of God and the people who don't know God. They have a clear perspective that with God, we never lose. A loss is just an avenue, a way, a path for us to realize that we are always blessed. Amen? We always winning. That's right. Amen? Don't worry. Don't sit and sulk with your head down. You, have made, you may have lost something, but look around. As a matter of fact, God said, look around, but then he also said, walk around, right? Some of us are sitting in depression and anger and, uh, and it's just terrible. Woe is me, and yes, it is. But God said some of the translations, he said, look around. Some other ones, he said, open your eyes. Come on. He told them, look up. Right? This, all these are indications of changing your perspective. Change your perspective. Be encouraged today. Don't sit in depression. Walk around. Look around. He is for you. He is with you. Keep your faith. Keep your cool. Come on. Don't worry. God's promises are always yes and amen, and he is not a man that he should lie. Amen. God will take you to another level of faith if you just keep believing his promises. 
When you're losing, just look around and see that you're actually winning. Amen? Don't curse your circumstances. See them as God's way of getting you to see what's surrounding you. When you lose, you are in the perfect position to start looking. What do you do? The minute you lose something, you start looking. So as soon as you start losing, start looking. Because God is going to show you something you didn't realize was right in front of you. As a matter of fact, he's right in front of you. Remember? Ooh, honey, this is not even in my notes. But remember that man that was like, he was a wealthy man, and he asked Jesus, what do I have to do to get in the kingdom? And he was so wealthy, and he said, I'm good. I do all the right things. I follow all the rules. I read my word. I pray. I'm faithful, right? And, and Jesus is like, sell all your possessions. In other words, lose everything. And what does he do? I feel like if I was in his face right now, I'd have been like, look around. Jesus is right there. You can sell everything, and you have everything right in front of you. Come on. When you lose, start looking. But don't look for what you lost. Look for what God is trying to show you. Come on. Trust that what God shows you is worth far more than what you've lost. What you learn will be worth everything that you lost. Amen? See, winning is great, but the losses taught by, the the lessons that you learn from your losses are just priceless. We really love and trust. What we really love and trust isn't really evident until it's tested by loss. Amen? Amen? Someone said it this way. Loss reveals what we really love and believe. If we find ourselves constantly waiting on God to bring us into a season of blessing again, it may be that the initial blessing only came to reveal how addicted to blessings we have become. Wow. What am I saying? Everybody loves being blessed. But we can't be people who are so fixated on blessing that we forget what the blesser is trying to show us. Amen? Loss makes us aware of who and what we should appreciate more and what we've been neglecting. How many times have we seen, heard, or experienced that, you know, we we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone, right? Sometimes we don't appreciate who we have around us, who's with us, right, until we've, we've lost them. How many people died not having heard how much those closest to them really loved them? Wow. Loss is necessary for us to really understand what winning truly is all about. Amen. Amen. And if the band would come up, Amen. about to land this. But here's the thing. All this great stuff, loss, not really a rah-rah because it's a hard, it's, it's, it's a mature thought to really take hold of, right? But we're good people, we're mature people, we're trying to deepen our faith, and so get this. You know, I said sometimes we gotta look around in the midst of our losses, but you know what, sometimes we gotta fight back, Amen. right? So this is the best part of the story. So quick recap, right? We got, you know, the bug is bugging, Coco's hacking, uh, Vava is panicking, and I'm glitching on the camera, and it's just a hot mess, right? And then we win, yay, and then we lose, boo, right? And I'm like, why, God? 
And Pastor T is like, stop tripping. We winning. Look where we at. We in paradise. So that's the whole story. That's where we at, right? But then I got so bothered in my spirit. It just wouldn't sit. Right, Terrence? I was just like, it was just, it just wouldn't sit with me. I'd be okay. And then it just like, oh, something ain't right. And so I send back a nice and respectable message to them. <laughs> Y'all had to check my feelings. I was like, look. It was one of them emails where I had to talk it out to make sure I was the same. And I had to reread it to make sure I wasn't disrespectful or sounding like a sore loser, right? So in essence, I'm like, well, why? And why did, why did the award get rescinded? And why, you know, what caused it? Essentially, that's what I said in the email. And then, you know, um, I wait, wait, wait. And I felt like well, I was waiting for an answer for an eternity. And mind you, I'm still on this vacation and it's just sitting there. And I'm like, will you hurry up and answer so I could move on? And so, of course, finally they answer and they're like, well, upon looking at our records, we realize that you've already won the award. And I'm like, where, Sway? How? Because I'm like, didn't I tell y'all I, I applied twice and lost, right? So I was like, shoot, I got receipts. So I went through my email and I'm checking them and, and I find the notices of my losses in my email, right? And then I send them back and I'm like, no, I don't think that's right. Here are the, here's proof that I lost before, right? And I forward them that message, I forward them the emails and then finally I get a response back that says, actually, <laughs> We looked at our records and you are right. We are reinstating this award. Congratulations, you are a winner. Come on, you are a winner. See, if I had sat back and just accepted the false testimony of what happened, I would have stayed a loser. The loss would have stayed a loss. But I said, oh no, oh no, I know I got the receipts to show that I, that I did lose before and this time I was a winner, amen? You see, the enemy will try to take even your wins from you. What has the devil stolen from you? It's time to get it back. Come on, do I have some people in this place that wants those wins back? Come on, some of us need to declare God's word over their life. God is waiting for some believers to storm into the enemy's camp and take back what was stolen from them and declare God's word over their situation. Come on, declare it right now. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Come on. Remain confident of this that I will see his goodness. I will see the goodness while I'm living. Amen. I am strong. I am courageous. I will not let anything scare me in Jesus' name. The Lord my God goes with us, goes for us, goes before us. I will not fail. God is working all things for my good. Come on, y'all need to declare it today. God's plans are to prosper and not to harm me. He has given me a hope and a future. Come on, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I don't care what's going on. I will serve him. I will praise God because I 
and fearfully and wonderfully made. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and God is working all things for my good. Do I have some believers in this place that believe the word of God? Come on, declare it right now. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. 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 If you believe God's word over your life, won't you praise him right in this place right now and silence, silence the enemy. The devil is looking for us to sit back and accept his false testimony about our situation. I need some believers in this place that are going to say no, absolutely not. My God is for me. He gives, he doesn't take away. He takes away, if he does, it's for a purpose, which means he gives anyways, even when he takes away. Come on. And the devil ain't taking my voice either. I'ma declare it until I ain't got no more breath in my lungs. And then my body is gonna declare it. And my hands are gonna declare it. And my knees are gonna declare it. I will never lose because I ain't never gonna stop praising him. Come on, y'all. Come here, y'all. Your win is on the other side of your praise. Come on. Some of y'all ain't winning. Y'all staying losing because you ain't praising. Praise him. Because you always winning. Come on. Hallelujah. But here. Jesus. Jesus. I feel some faith stirring in this place. I feel some faith stirring in this place. And I, I will bless the Lord. Hold my soul. You got that bad report this week, this past week, this past month. Come on. I feel some faith stirring in this place. Jesus. But watch this. I believe that God was showing me something even more powerful about losing. Something counterintuitive in the word, but perfect in the kingdom of heaven. And it's found in Matthew 16, 25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. You want to talk about a mature believer? This right here. Losing is winning when we lose to gain more of Jesus. Not very popular, but oh, it's necessary. And it's very real. As a true believer, you got to be willing to lose everything that you so selfishly grip onto, hold onto, can't hold on to it because when we let go 
that's when God can mold us. That's when the Spirit of God can begin to display and develop the fruits within us. When we let go, it's not a loss. But see, the greatest story about loss that was really a win was the story of salvation. Come on, how many of y'all know? The ultimate story of redemption and the resurrection that was risen, written for us all. See, Jesus, the perfect spotless lamb of God, comes to save the world who is dead in its sin. Humanity was losing against sin. That's what was happening. And then he came to offer himself as a perfect sacrifice and through false testimony, he was sacrificed to death. And yes, he actually did die for all of our sins. And see, the enemy thought he won. But we quickly find out that Jesus has power over death, hell, and the grave. Oh, this is the best story. He doesn't stay dead. Three days later, he rises again and wins the eternal battle for our lives. See, Jesus has never been a loser. He had to die to prove his power over sin and death. And the resurrection was the receipt. Come on, y'all. When you're losing, just remember to pull the receipt. Resurrection next to any of our losses doesn't even compare. It gives us the perspective that we need to change our minds about what we're going through and to realize that we always win. That's the receipt, come on. Because Jesus' resurrection even fueled all of us to go and be disciples and what? Make more disciples and more disciples. Did he say? The death, the cross did not silence Christ. See, the enemy's plan is to make us think that we lost. But here's the truth. Without Christ, you are losing. You're losing over sin. You're losing without Christ. And I want you right now, you can stand and bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to have a moment right here. Let this be a moment of reflection for us all. And I want everybody in this place standing, please. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.